All right, welcome to the inaugural episode of Guaranteed Audio. This is Kevin James. I'm Neil Cicerega, friend of Kevin James. And I'm Ryan Murphy, also friend of Neil and Kevin. For those of you unacquainted with us, uh, we just started up a uh, new, I guess you call it, creative initiative called Guaranteed Video. And as a promise to our Patreon backers, we're going to be doing a monthly podcast. And I guess we haven't even agreed till right now that we're going to call it Guaranteed Audio. Do we have a vote? It's Guaranteed Audio? I'm, I'm for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sounds great. Yeah, we thought we'd get in on the podcast train real early before it picks up. So we're going to do a podcast. I think I first heard the word podcast like 10 years ago. I think it's I mean, older for me. Yeah? I, yeah, I was in college when I first heard about podcasts. Uh, a friend of mine got me into the One Up uh, stuff, and that was back when I had a PSP. So that might have been like 2005 or six. Yeah, I think it's from the Latin root word iPod. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I remember when I first heard the word i uh, podcast. To go, oh, you listen to it on your iPod. Oh, that's cute. Great, like a radio show. Uh, that's honestly how I put like, oh, it's for iPods. Got it. iPods are in the air thanks to Baby Driver. Uh, now, now that Baby Driver's out, everyone's talking about them iPods again. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> I we, just bought an iPod. <laughs> I didn't. So, so we, we, you know, we've wanted to do something like this for a long time. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, we've been making movies together on YouTube for, good God, like 11 years, 12 years? Right? I think 2006, maybe. Yeah. And 2005, stretching. R- stretching. We've individually all made movies longer than that, but we kind of... Joined forces around. Yeah, we, 2006. I yeah, we're, all three. We're a pre-YouTube bunch, and uh, we'd always talked about doing something like this, and we could never really agree upon like a, uh, how rhythmically we could do it, like how regularly we could produce it. Mm-hmm. And uh, we figured once a month, <laughs> uh, and uh, once our Patreon did as well as it did, we set a very modest goal uh, that would you know be kind of our gate into oh, are people going to actually listen to the podcast we make? And it looks like people will. Yeah. What was the stretch goal for that? Was it? Uh, I think, I mean, do you want to put the dollar amount out there? Yeah, sure. It was $300 uh, because that would cover the cost, basic costs for making like a video of the caliber we tend to put out and, you know, buying some sound gear. So the microphones we're using right now were paid for by Patreon backers. Thank you, everybody. Thank Uh, you, everyone, really. uh, I'd go more into the gear, but some people probably don't care about that kind of thing. Maybe (laughs) we'll make a post about that at some point. Um, Do you guys want to introduce yourselves any further? I don't know how much time we want to take up. Just, I mean, if people don't know who we are, why would they be listening, right? I mean, not that we're celebrities, but like... Well, yeah, at this juncture, maybe this podcast will become incredibly popular and people will know us purely for our voices. Oh, yes. We should be so lucky. But yeah, Neil, take it away. No, I'm going to assume most people have watched our videos and most of the people listening to this episode are, are backers who just wanted to support us anyway. So... I'm not going to worry too much about that. We make goofy movies. If you haven't watched any of them, we didn't make either of the goofy movies. Though. No, not even extremely goofy movie. Yeah. Um, First movie is fantastic. No, but we did. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. I forgot. There's a second. I yeah. honestly forgot. It goes it's to college. not bad. Oh, that's right. It's not good. But Christmas Eve goes to college. It's yeah. It, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Let's continue intros. Neil is a musician. Yeah, I, I'm a musician. I do mashups. I do other videos without you guys. Mm-hmm. I do. True. I, well, I do all sorts of stuff. I, I have my own Patreon. I have uh, my website, neilcic.com. It's got links to everything. I'm Ryan Murphy. I also make videos, obviously, with Neil and Kevin. Uh, I also have my own little niche of creepypastas online horror stories specifically for one-on-one 
just you, just your headphones, nothing but the light of the monitor at night, your phone, your iPad, your screen, whatever you got, uh, with your headphones on spooky stories. The screen is the 21st century campfire. It's for you and maybe a few friends. It's supposed to be scary. It's for when you can't, like the No Sleep podcast, which is wonderful, by the way, and we discussed that earlier. I do creepypastas, horror stories for the internet. I do claymation and stop motion animation, and I take photos. I take a lot of photos. And you're Vicious516 on YouTube, by the way. If anyone wants to check out those horribly creepy, creepy pastas that you've made. Thank you. We, uh, we were at MAGFest back in January, and we had a Q&A after our... Uh, we, we presented Computer Fighters, a movie we made to an audience there. And the first question out of the audience was, Ryan, when are you going to make more creepypastas? That's right. That's uh, right. I've known Ryan since I was, I want to say, five years old. And uh, whenever Ryan puts out a new one of those, I find myself at two in the morning listening with my headphones on, uh, getting thoroughly creeped out, despite being absolutely familiar with Ryan's voice and his speech patterns but they, they, that's how effective they are not to oversell them but thank you I'm yeah just... does it ever hit you halfway through a creepypasta like this is the same guy who was complaining about like transformers the other day <laughs> this is the same guy that took my copy of animorphs one and got rl stein to sign it that's true who did that's not write story. animorph book no. i'm just realizing now have you ever been to a wedding where the bride and groom or the bride and bride or the groom and groom will do each other's vows like they'll write each other's vows and read you know, oh, yeah, yeah. we should have done that. Like, I should have introduced Ryan. Ryan should have introduced Neil. <laughs> but whatever, because now we don't sound modest whatsoever. Uh, the, <laughs> Maybe um, next time. I'll be yeah. abbreviated. Uh, uh, my name's Kevin James. I'm a uh, filmmaker currently directing a documentary called Not for Resale about the end of physical media. It's about video game shops. You can probably find it if you Google it. I've also made a lot of videos with Ryan and Neil. I've worked in reality TV, usually in the editorial department. Um, I do a bunch of video work. That's kind of my thing. Uh, just videos, big and small. Uh, I used to organize film festivals in the South Shore. Um, but more often than not, I'm making short films with these guys. And uh, I guess the reason we started the Patreon and we kind of rebranded as Guaranteed Video, we used to be called New Kids on the Rock, um, was, you know, we realized we wanted to do something a little more uniformly, a little more regularly, because, you know, we make a lot of stuff. And sometimes, you know, I wouldn't say we make a mistake, but sometimes we'll make projects that are long, you know, for YouTube digestion, like, you know, 10 to 20 minutes that take months to do because of like effects work or we just have to get locations and a wide variety of people together. And it kind of hit us like, you know, if we took our efforts and just kind of regimented them a bit, we could easily make regular YouTube content. Uh, of our caliber and this is sort of our uh, swing in that arena we're gonna see how exactly yeah so hence the name guaranteed video with an asterisk so yeah the asterisk is just so you know like there's (laughs) no guarantees (laughs) so um so we're gonna i guess we're kind of i mean i guess i am kind of modeling our first episode off of my favorite podcast which is the giant bombcast and uh we're gonna go right into I don't know what we've been listening to, watching, playing, or reading lately, and we're going to call this section, at least for the first episode, uh, current media, which is a, not really a subject name. We're, we're really figuring this out as we go. That's a great name, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Take it away. Neil, have you seen anything cool lately? Yes, actually. I, I, I wanted to talk this uh, talk about this. Uh, my wife, Ming, and I, uh, almost coincidentally, but the last two movies we watched together on the couch of our living room were... Titanic, which I've never seen before. Uh, and then last night we watched Gangs of New York. Hmm. So right. we basically Leonardo watched the two l- longest Leonardo DiCaprio historical epics we could find. So, Ryan, you've seen Titanic, right? Oh, yeah, I've seen both. What, what, what's your verdict? 
Um, You're a James Cameron fan, right? I am a James Cameron fan, and yeah. it totally it scratched that itch. Actually, it's good, right? It, it's good. People there like was... to dump on it. It's good, though. No, Titanic was no. I, I I could totally see why it was a huge deal, and I was rooting for it because it was Cameron, yeah. you know it, it's it's a little bit goofy, but it's. Um, it's trying so hard to satisfy everyone on earth. Like you, you feel it like not in a Hollywood level. It's, it's one thing to watch a movie where you can tell a studio is trying to make a movie that seems to satisfy, you know, check mm-hmm. every box, get every audience member happy. But with Titanic, it's, Oh, the director was trying to make everybody happy. Like, you know, I, I feel like there's a difference. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. I, you really felt that, you know, James Cameron wanted to make a, a huge, uh, a huge movie, but not, he wanted to, he wanted to make his huge movie. Um, and, Gangs of the uh, Gangs of New York, on the other hand, um, Martin Scorsese, and I, I, I have a really spotty Martin Scorsese track record. I think I've seen this Shutter Island, Hugo, and it's the only one of his old movies Casino? I've seen. I think it's King of Comedy. Which, which, okay, Kings of Comedy, which is I which need is to great. see Raging Bull. Really it's really need. it's worth the hype. Really it's great. That. That's not um, an anecdote. I shouldn't say I need to see something <laughs> I haven't seen. Yeah, but like I haven't seen any of his more famous movies. Uh, Gangs of New York. You're, you're, may I say, as someone very familiar with Scorsese, you're missing out. Your perspective oh, I know, is yeah. way. But go I, on. But I like I like all of the. Cool. I like everything Great. I've seen. Um, Gangs of New York, I think, was just kind of. Uh, it was a very huge investment. Very similarly, in um, just very similar in scope to Titanic. The sets are huge. It's worth watching for the sets and the extras. Alone. I always love Daniel Day Lewis. Daniel yeah. Day Lewis is awesome. Um, the, the, yeah, bald eagle eyeball. Come on, that's fantastic. <laughs> but yeah, I was I wasn't expecting it to be such a comic book, really. Hmm. Yeah, it's, you're right. I, like the first scene is you know oh all the gangs they have their own costumes and it's like the warriors. Or yeah, yeah. I was oh, making yeah. warrior jokes at the beginning, and um, the the first scene sets the tone weird because there's kind of techno music playing. There's like a kind of music. Playing. Yeah. Like Bono. Isn't it Bono at the Bono very end? Bono at the end. Right. There yeah. are a lot Bono's of parts where we Wait, wait, wait. Bono's in the movie or is music? No, Bono plays at the end. Bono. Yeah, it's just, right. he's it's, not good. It's no, a, no, no, no. Like he's an actor. In no, the no, no, he no. Play, it's the end credits it's music. Because I've seen Bono in movies before. So. I'm no, sorry. no, that was Robin Williams. They look very similar. No, no, no. It's <laughs> across the universe. Is, uh, oh, oh, yes, yeah. he is. In, he introduces Mr. Kite, right? Um, yeah, no, it was a... It was yes, a, yes, he does. It had all the parts of a good movie, but it was it was trying too many things. Um, Oscar bait movie. Also, yeah. also, it has movie kryptonite. Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. She was fine, actually. I, I thought... She was all right. I have a thing with Cameron Diaz. Like, I, I, oh, I, she's been terrible in things before. I, went, but I she, almost walked into seeing uh, Green Hornet before I realized she was in it because they kind of hit her from the ads. I'm just dumping on her. I don't like Cameron Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she was playing more of a character than she usually does. And everybody was kind of a larger than life character, except for uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, who kind of didn't shine in, in his role. I, as... between, I will say John C. Riley, great role. Oh, great yes. role as a dirty cop from the 1860s. Fantastic. He really looks apart too. You forget that he can do. He can be scary. Doctor Steve Brule can actually. He has a wide range. You forget. Uh, Daniel Day Lewis clearly did a lot of research based on old documents and what he what he could find because he's like the method actor of method actors. Mm-hmm. What would a he New really Yorker took his eye out? <laughs> <laughs> what would a New Yorker have sounded like? What was the version of the New York accent from the eighteen sixties? The same way that I wonder how much. 
I'm going to spitball here. I doubt Cameron Diaz and Leo did nearly as much research. What was an Irish brogue like for an immigrant straight off the boat? They're just doing a brogue. And that's fine. I mean, because let's be honest, they're not Daniel Day-Lewis. They're just not. not good. It, well, the it, first thing you hear in the movie is... Um, um, it's Liam Neeson. Yeah, right? Liam Neeson. Who, who is, is real. Yeah. He's, 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 he's the brogue. I, I assume if there's a Venn diagram of the our favorite actors out of the three of us, Liam Neeson's probably probably up there right oh absolutely like, yeah I really cumulatively like, sure yeah yeah i'm a big dark man fan so i'm a big kinsey fan he's great oh yeah, yeah, yeah. he's very good it's yeah. not a flattering i just wanted to say i'm a big life. kinsey fan i'm a total kinsey <laughs> head i got my scale all right what, now ryan, ryan what have you, you been up to what you, anything good lately well i'll be brief because i have a i have a hunch that my intellectual properties are I, I, we've talked, guys, believe it, for those of you listening at home, I talked to Neil and Kevin a lot, and I bet they also have not yet watched, but we will, we all will, uh, I'm still rooting, the show is over, so it doesn't really matter, but I'm still rooting for my little underdog, The Leftovers. For anybody there who doesn't pay for HBO, which you can steal it from mom and dad, I hope, that every, clearly Game of Thrones is the biggest show on television. It is. It's it's a worldwide phenomenon. It's being filmed in like six, seven places at the same time, all the time. Movie it's, casting agents love that show. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, like The Sopranos is being held up. It was. It's the biggest thing HBO's had since The Sopranos. Absolutely. They know they're on the way out. They got Westworld coming. Automatons with self-actualization problems who think they're robots and cowboys. They don't know they're robots. They think they're cowboys. Great. The point is, The Leftovers has been this great, great underdog of a show. Critics love it, and I don't know anybody else talking about you it. You brought the Blu-ray over like a week ago, and once I finish up re-watching Saul season two, I'm yeah, Saul, that, y'all. I, I love that show. Um, I'm definitely going to throw it in, because you, you, you gave me a really good sales pitch on it. This show, The Leftovers, I'm re-watching, so in short, I'm re-watching season three, the final season, and as we've discussed as a, many times, I'm so glad this show ends. There is a definitive ending. They could have... Some of the showrunners were the people who made Lost. They could have kept going forever. They could have made the same mistakes twice. They didn't. They made a solid season one. I really like season two, and I'm re-watching season three. Also strong. Also, again, one of my favorite shows ever. But and I'm not. going to say very little specific anecdotally, because anything I say is just a spoiler. And I'm re-watching it because this show has so many great weird Easter eggs, visually and otherwise. There's a lot of great stuff hidden. Who's a, who's in it? Isn't there... Uh, a... The one who steals a show is... Uh, I want to see—is it the ninth Doctor Who, Christopher Eccleston? Who, if you didn't know, he's an Englishman. Yeah, yeah. you didn't. His American accent's fantastic. He always delivers. I, I, he's great. I love him in Twenty Eight Days Later. That's right. Yeah. I, I keep forgetting that was him. He yeah. um he knocks out of the park. There's every season so far has had a. His name is Matt Jamison. He's a he's a priest who it's is such an having, American name. Yeah, Matt Jamison. <laughs> Uh, his Kevin American James. accent is fantastic. Yeah. They, it's a show about just upstate New York. He doesn't have a New York accent per se, the way that actually uh, Justin Thoreau, I mean, did I say, no, Louis Thoreau, Justin Thoreau, correct. Cousins. Uh, <laughs> did you know that, that they're cousins? But their names are pronounced differently. They're pronounced differently. Okay. Um, he said, yeah, Louis Thoreau Dif- says Thoreau, agents, different... even though he's an Englishman, and Justin Thoreau says Thoreau, but they are first cousins. Cool. cool. So, by the way, uh, this is, uh, radio is a, an auditory medium, not a visual one. Uh, but do a Google search. Somebody got the good genes in the family. <laughs> Sorry, man. 
So. One of you dates Jennifer Anderson, and the other one, you know, interviews a Ku Klux yeah. Klan. He's a great journalist. He's really good, but come on, guys. I need a, Jennifer I need a, Aniston. One, 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 one thing. <laughs> I, so I, haven't, I haven't seen the show yet, but um, the it, is it awful that the most appealing thing about this show to me is you told me there are three seasons, and it's finite. That's it. It's conclusive. It's over. Like, the full story is told. That's unheard of these Doug days. did it. What? Doug. Doug no. did not do it. <laughs> Doug went Doug to eight, seven not. seasons. Four, oh, four you're, Nickelodeon oh, you're seasons. Disney. No, yeah, I just yeah, wanted to mention But the, uh, but the, the fact that there, um, it's a, uh, I don't know if you'd call it a sci-fi show, but it's a show that's like kind of higher concept and doesn't seem to be putting out endless plot threads that they could spin off with and it's, like burn time on. Like that's, that's rare these days. It's strong. It's the kind of weird fiction. I won't even call it dystopian future per se. It's an alternate reality. It's scary. Uh, I get. I strongly recommend it. I'm not being paid to say this, but check anybody I'll, I'll out check there listening at that home. Went to the top check my, it out. That went to the top of my list. Uh, sure. I'll try and be brief. Um, I, I mean, I've, I've been working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and when I've had free time, I've been playing the Crash Bandicoot Insanity Collection, <laughs> which is uh, uh, what, what, uh, basically like a remake of the original three Crash Bandicoot games from the late '90s on PlayStation. And they look 1. great. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the studio that did it, but it's Activision put it out. Uh, they published it, and they basically took those old, low-poly, barely 3D perspective platforming games and redid them on a game engine that, you know, I hate using this phrase, but it looks like a Pixar movie. Like, it's like, you know, they, they run in fur K as their marketing team. Oh, oh that's, not, I like that. It's funny because it's like a marketing team joke, but also the game isn't actually running in 4K, so if they said 4K, they'd probably get in trouble. But 4K makes you think, oh, maybe it's in 4K. No, well, no. Is the FDA going to be like, this is not 4K? No, there's actually there have been lawsuits about like false advertising oh, about yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. I don't think that's why they, they say 4K. They hey, say man, 4K. I bought a 4K television to play Crash. Like, <laughs> to play Crash Bandicoot 2. Um, <laughs> but you no, play Crash? <laughs> the game movie. But uh, no, the game the game sold up really well. I play. I beat the first one. It was hard as sin. The first Crash Bandicoot game was really hard. And the, the thing is, the games look amazing now. Like they've added a few modern con- uh, conveniences, like extra checkpoints and stuff like that. But um, more or less, the spatial relations, the speed of animation, like the way, the way the game plays when you hit a button, the things that the characters do are all the same, like frame rate wise and everything. As they match the '90s games almost to a T. Uh, so it's as hard as a 1996 platforming game was because back then when you bought these games, you spent 50 bucks and you were getting the same game that you see now. Like they're, you know, you could beat the thing in like three hours if you were really good at it. So, you know, these developers were, you know, making them really hard, I think. So if you rented the game, you did, couldn't beat the thing in an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, or they also, you know, just kind of like got tunnel vision. I think the guys at Naughty Dog back then, Jason Rubin and those guys, they probably were just, you know, developing levels that they had a hard time beating, not, what they thought five-year-olds wanted to play. <laughs> so that first game was really hard. And now that I, I've started playing Crash Bandicoot 2, much easier, uh, much better. It's uh, got a little more in common with, say, Mario 64. There's like a butt stomp button. Like if you jump and hit a button, you like slam on the ground. Mm-hmm. Crash is just as much a tool as he was in the first game. But I think the games totally know that. He, he, he like winks at the camera. Like he like gives thumbs up and like makes the noise and stuff like that. He's a Daxter Flaxter. He's a you know, he's a, he's a uh, Roy from The Simpsons. He's Poochie. Pizza rat. Pizza Crazy rat. Yeah. <laughs> Pepsi rat. Yeah. Pepsi rat. I, I kind of love him, but I don't know. I've shown you. I, I I've shown you guys the Crash remake thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I think I I really think it looks great. 
Well, I mean, like Ryan, when you had a PS One, you were more of like a like an Odd World guy, right? Did you have a Crash Bandicoot game? The first game I really fell in love with was watching, and then like just kind of taking over between like when we get bored or tired. Final Fantasy Seven. Yeah. Uh, but when I really hit my own stride was Resident Evil 2 and Silent Hill 1. Yep. And then going on for any... And I'm still buying them today. Yeah. We, Brian and I basically once a year get together to beat Resident Evil 2. So, like, I, I, have, I, have a, I have a deep... We have, I have a deep affinity for the PlayStation 1 library. And there have been, like, these, like, 4K remakes of Parappa the Rapper, Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3, and the original Oddworld Abe's Odyssey. That, it's beautiful, I'm too. Just, I eat that stuff up. I'm, like, a consumer nightmare. I guess we should graduate on to... The 20-year uh, the anniversary. The 20th oh, anniversary fantastic. of a certain movie hits this week, right? Yes. This week? Beep, 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 uh, beep, beep, uh, July 25th. July 25th. So, Excellent. So on July 25th, 1997, the motion picture Good Burger uh, took America by storm. Yes. And, but I mean, it probably got put in like, what, 2,000 theaters? It was, you know, it was a PG movie. I'm pretty sure I saw it in Hawaii. Really? I might, we, I was on vacation in what? Hawaii for like a month when I was a kid. It was I didn't awesome. Know that. This is news to both we, of us. My dad is my dad used to live in Hawaii and um, Oh I knew that. He uh, he just always wanted to go back and then we were able to do it one summer and, and you know, if you're gonna go to Hawaii, like take a month off. Like really just get as much soak it in. Yeah, like if if you can. And of course, you know, we haven't really been on vacation since because that's a that's a huge vacation. But um uh, I was a kid and there wasn't a lot to do other than swim because I was like nine or something. And you don't I, have like <laughs> you have nowhere to go, no internet. You don't have yeah. the upward mobility of a teenage. You don't have a license. Yeah. You don't have disposable income. So, it's still Hawaii. So yeah, like swimming was awesome. But um, I mostly remember going to like a handful of movies that came out that month. And one of them I think was Good Burger. There was like that, Hercules, Men in Black. Great summer. Titanic came out that year. I didn't... Oh, that was around Christmas, though. <laughs> this is probably the most produced segment of this show. I wouldn't say best, but most. Uh, what we're going to do is have a trivia game between Ryan and Neil. I'm going to ask each of you four questions about the film Good Burger. And at the end, whoever has the most answered correctly, I guess is the winner. And then we move on to the rest of the podcast. Okay. <laughs> Let's, this is fun. Gonna, I want to do this. <laughs> I'm going to edit in some music. Right. Um, okay. So, all right, get into this. I'm going down. All right, quit, quit, quit screwing around. All right, Ryan, you get the first question. Okay. You won the toss. In the film Good Burger, what family-friendly comedian played school teacher Mr. Wheat, whose car is destroyed by Keenan's character, Dexter, in the first act? Who and is Sinbad? Okay. I didn't finish the question, but you're right. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay. Neil. In the film Good Burger, what illegal steroid was used by the mega corporate Mondo Burger to enhance their evil meat? Oh, um. I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Illegal steroid. Um. Testosterone. The answer is triampathol. You know something messed up? <laughs> triampathol. Like we should we should do our research like later. Shark steroid. Or that might actually be a chemical. Like at some when you consider how pharmaceutical companies go about labeling the generic versus privatized brands of different things, that might be a real thing by now. Twenty years later, that might be a real drug. All right. So Ryan, question two. Yes. In the film Good Burger, what is the first? And last line 
spoken. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order? That is correct. Excellent. The, this is rigged a little. I'm sorry, uh, Neil. That was you got. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just so the audience knows, for the record, Neil had a framed movie poster for Good Burger next to his desk for what seven years. Kevin, it was not framed. Okay, you had a movie. It was poster. a tacked up. It was a full size. It was a poster for the video release. But, too. Okay, but. No, yeah. I made an assumption that Neil might know a bit more. So. I've seen it probably the same number of times. I've never seen have. it. Have you, <gasps> what? <gasps> That's yeah. yeah I haven't seen good. Those, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, those gasps were real. <laughs> so okay, just okay. So the audience at home knows where the score is. Ryan two, Neil zero. Neil, your second question. Okay. In the film Good Burger, who had their feature film debut as Heather? The psychopathic mental patient, Kel Meets. Carmen Electra. Incorrect. May I take it away? <laughs> do, do you know uh, it? She was Don Draper's love interest in the last season of Mad Men, before yep. the final waitress. She oh. was on Freaks and Geeks with yep. the guy from How I Met no. Your Mother. Oh, right. Her name. Yes, she was do you know her, her first. Name? Hang on. It starts with a J. Nope. Doesn't? <laughs> no, I was thinking Carmen Electra is in it though. Uh, her her right. name rhymes with Linda. Yeah, yeah, Linda, Linda Cardellini. Cardellini. Yeah, <laughs> that was a bad joke. <laughs> she was. Uh, wasn't she Velma in the live action? She was. Uh, she excellent. Scooby Doo. All right. I didn't listen to the character name. I Man. just knew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're back to Ryan now. Gotcha. In the film Good Burger, <laughs> the character Roxanne attempts to seduce Ed out of the secret sauce recipe. Ed Sauce. It's called Ed Sauce. Mm-hmm. Who played Roxanne uncredited? Is that Carmen Electra? It's Carmen Electra. Okay. I'm sorry. Neil. I feel like Neil should get the point for that because <laughs> we're talking about long term. We're talking about distorted long term memory. I'm so he, sorry, Neil. His brain was going the right place. He he should get that. Okay, Neil. Yes. You can't possibly win. Okay. But, but we can. You know, Shouldn't we, the points double at this point? Uh, yeah. Let's do the lightning round. Thus making the previous round completely unnecessary. All right. Double points, double points. Neil can get two points for this one. Okay. The film Good Burger had a proposed sequel written by Steve Holland entitled Good Burger To Go. A proposed motion picture where Ed and Dexter uncover a scandal when a British conglomerate buys the Good Burger restaurant. The film was not produced. (laughs) Paramount turned the script down for unknown reasons. But the script ultimately became something. Did it become A, a Scooby-Doo directed DVD movie, B, a paperback novel, C, an interactive CD-ROM, or D, a Keenan and Kel comedy album? These are all really again. Harsh. These are all very uh, B, What was B? That was the A was the Scooby-Doo directed yeah, yeah. DVD movie. B is a paperback novel. I think it was B, the paperback novel. Is that? That's correct. Yes. Right, so nice. he has two points. Nice. I got two points. Yes. I wondered if you'd fall for the CD-ROM thing because you could picture it, right? I would have. Oh. I, I, it's a little if, late for a CD-ROM game, probably like 1998, right? Yeah. Uh, you could I picture it. Right? Yeah. I, if I if that were if that were a real thing, I would know about it and I would have played yeah. it by now. Okay, Ryan. Yes. Ryan's got three points. Neil has two. Mm-hmm. Ryan. In the film Good Burger, 35mm film stock was used to capture the story. There is but one legal way to watch Good Burger in high definition in 2017. How? 
I'm almost embarrassed to say this out loud, but is there a Criterion collection of Good Burger? No. <laughs> <laughs> On TV, right? Netflix. Netflix. Oh. oh. For some reason, the high-definition capture of Good Burger has only been provided to Netflix. There is no Blu-ray There's no Blu-ray. Uh, there are no plans to release a high-definition Blu-ray. No double the DVD disc that exists carry is bare bones. Kevin, you should talk about this in your documentary about the death of physical media. <laughs> <laughs> Get to the director of Good Burger. Um, okay, so right now, Neil, you could tie it. Okay. <laughs> You're going to tie it. In the film Good Burger, what color was Ed's secret sauce? It's like Nickelodeon orange, right? Correct. It's ketchup and mustard mixed together. It's, it's ketchup no, mixed. There's like a whole bunch of stuff in it. It's not real. Yeah, sure. In the, but in reality, it's ketchup and mustard mixed together. I think together. it was closer to like Thousand Island dressing. <laughs> it's probably a hint of mayo to like spit. Um, I think he threw in a bunch of pickles and... You know, I'm right now I'm thinking about that sad scene in uh, Breaking Bad when the German conglomerate just, you know, electrocutes himself with a defibrillator after tasting a bunch of nonsense <laughs> oh, things. Oh, French. And, yeah, yeah. That was the opening oh, scene of yeah. Good Burger 2 Go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just imagine I should, that. should have been one of the multiple choice scene. answers. A Breaking Bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. You take that poor scene of, like, a man contemplating suicide and you put in the... <laughs> so, well, that was our Good Burger contest, and you guys tied. All right. I didn't come Do up with a tiebreaker because I <laughs> I really thought, uh, I, I actually thought going into this, Neil was going to, like, smoke through it, and Ryan wasn't going to know it. Not because well, Ryan, Ryan you, did, the, you did research. And I have I, to admit, I knew the test was coming. I did some homework last night. You, the fact that you, the Linda Cardellini thing was impressive. The fact that, like, you pulled that. Like, I couldn't believe that was her first like feature film role. She'd done forgot. Freaks and Geeks first, but yes. it was um but it was her no, first I think feature. Her film career never took off or something. No, Good she Burger was, was ninety seven, Freaks and Geeks was like ninety nine, I think. But it wasn't Oh yeah. It wasn't in theaters. I, I think of it like Stranger All oh, right, Strangers of Candy was like ninety nine as yeah. well, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I just remember being a lot older because it's so silly. Yeah. Well, I guess we're gonna move on to our Q and A segment. So what we're gonna do every episode of Guaranteed Audio is we're gonna take questions exclusively from our Patreon backers which you can join up at uh, patreon.com slash guaranteed. I do not know how we got that URL, but I'm not going to complain about it. So what we're going to do is we're going to put up a post once a month where we just ask for questions for the show. Um, This first episode, we have a few from Twitter we took, but we also have a bunch from Patreon. We're going to try and get through as many as we can uh, before we make this too long, because right now we're we're looking at like 40 minutes, I'm guessing. So our first question um, I'm just going to say first names because I didn't clarify with people if they were okay with their full name being read. Okay. That's smart. Good. Okay. Uh, this question is for Neil. It's from Evil Twin. Okay. Question is, are you ever going to release Spirit Phone on Compact Disc? Hmm. It's a CD. I remember Compact Discs. Um maybe but i don't really i haven't really looked into it i don't really have any plans on doing it it's i still have my old albums on a couple of my old albums on cd and i literally sell like one a year or something i feel like people just do not buy discs anymore um speaking of the death of physical media i'm sure people would if i released it and like promoted it on twitter but um, it'd be like a pre-sale thing, right? Like maybe, yeah. But I mean, if you really want to get a physical uh, representation of that album, the the, uh, the poster is available on um, 
um, on topatico.com, T-O-P-A-T-O-C-O. I think I spelled that right. <laughs> if you Google it, Google will fix it for you. Yeah, yeah. Google I knows have, what you I, think. They're I have cool. a little shop with some posters. Um, so you can get a poster version of it and just uh, listen to the digital version of the album while staring at my face. <laughs> Evil Twin, I'm going to give Evil Twin a second question because Evil Twin asked two. Okay. This one's for Ryan and me, but I'm just going to ask Ryan. Ryan, do you have any funny high school stories? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Next question comes from a patron at patreon.com slash guaranteed. Furby asks, what were Ryan's inspirations for his creepypastas? Before that, Neil, tell people what on earth a creepypasta is. Oh, they're just scary stories, but for the internet. Ryan's in particular are on YouTube. They're narrated by him, and they have very interesting visuals interspersed, lots of original content shot for them. So they're not just, uh, they're not just podcasts. They're, they're scary Scary camp horror stories told with. They're not adaptations. Element. They're not adaptations of oh, things yeah, he yeah. found they're, on Reddit. They're they're they're, they're um they're almost like poems. They're very well. Thank you. Yeah, they're very good. So Ryan, what inspired you to make them? Furby wants to know. Well, first of all, thank you, Furby, for your question and your money, of course. <laughs> uh, and some money like that that allows us to provide for all the cool stuff we're doing and we're going to continue to do. If I had to nail it down of what inspires why I love short-form scary stories, specifically through the internet, well, because I grew up through the internet, I'm part of the internet generation, the internet is where a lot of my life takes place. It's a fact. Big inspiration, scary stories that tell in the dark. Parts one, two, and three, or you can get them all together. Alvin Schwartz. And Alvin Schwartz. Fantastic illustrations. Stephen Gamble. They they got a later edition that had a new illustrator. They're blasphemous man oh yeah i will with, say with I've, that said the original the original illustrations are amazing they're almost fantastic. too much they're they're you, you look at them kids can handle like, them kids should kids be, can handle them but they all like, did jesus like yeah they're really gr- yeah yeah uh yeah i've shown the originals to uh, kids younger than 10 uh and they've gone yeah they can handle it they yeah. they're intriguing they're it cool. gets their imagination they caught children like books with pictures Horror works well with illustrations, with visuals. It just does. And those illustrations are fantastic. A lot of the stories, especially the ones that... Scary stories that tell in the dark. Some of the songs, when you read, when you read through them again, a lot of it's kind of silly, kind of goofy. Yeah. The songs never really did it for me. But a lot of those stories really stick. They're like class... They're like the Twilight Zone. They're like the Outer Limits. And of course, classic science fiction literature like Arthur C. Clarke, uh, Ray Bradbury, Isaac Asimov. Uh, and of course, beyond that one book I took out and out and out of the library, Scary Stories of Tell in the Dark, uh, of course, Goosebumps, uh, horror stories, short form, because you'd be surprised how short the form really is if you were to look back at those. They're very Not... short on actual story. Correct. They were basically like a Wikipedia page <laughs> split into 80 pages. A lot of pages. pages in Goosebumps books are like top of page, three lines of dialogue, I remember, yeah, a lot there... of indents, and then like that's the end of that chapter so there's a lot of empty space yeah there are two there are one page chapters for sure i remember certainly are i i I can remember like the first time i got to a chapter in goosebumps that was just one page i was like this is getting ridiculous (laughs) come on write a book so ryan you so ryan you actually photograph and do video work for your creepypastas you go out with your camera and you find interesting things around usually cape cod yes yeah what usually comes first, the story or the, the, the visuals? The story. Yeah. 
uh, only once did I have visuals that I came up with an idea afterwards. And that was my, uh, my piece about the ants. That's the only time... God, this is a bad analogy. My Billy Joel, We Didn't Start the Fire is his only song that he wrote the lyrics before the songs versus the other way around. And ladies and gentlemen out there at home, uh, it shows. So, Biona, who's done some awesome fan art of our work, asks, and this is a pop quiz, how tall are we? Neil, how tall are you? I am 5'9 or 5'10". don't remember the last time I got officially <laughs> measured. Right. My license says five foot ten, but I'm not. I'm five foot nine. Uh, it, but f- yeah, five foot nine. We're about the same height. So yeah. 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 I, Kevin, am six feet Celsius. Next question <laughs> is from I want a dull whip, and they ask what video that we've put out is our favorite. Uh, Ryan, what's your favorite video we've made? Well, lately I've been more likely to show friends and family new audiences or anybody willing to listen, uh, new kids on the rock computer fighters. That's just the most recent one. If I had a default, go on my phone, go on a device, show someone go new kids on the rock computer fighters. But what holds a soft spot in my heart is Ryan turns into a dog. Yeah. Ryan turns into a dog is kind of, uh, that's on your channel. Not mine. If anyone wants to look it up, Ryan turns into a dog is kind of the opposite of a love letter. Uh, it's it's sort of I like a, an admission of guilt. It's us falling on the sword when it comes to the types well, we, of humor we, we write. A, there's a good like secret idea behind it, and then we was like we decided like oh well we need a um we need like a a, story. a burner story basically. Yeah. So Ryan turns into a dog. Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, so we make that, and then the real twist. And there are a few decent yeah. jokes. That was like one of our first Smash Mouth jokes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Full disclosier: catching tadpoles easier than I thought it would be. We did that like a graveyard, I think. We right? did. We yeah. Got them in a graveyard. Neil, I don't think we've caught animals for any other film since then. All of whom were fine. By Neil, the way. what's your favorite video we've done? Uh, also, Computer Fighters probably is the one I'm most proud of. I think it's just a lot of cool work went into that. Um, if I need to show someone something real quick that kind of gets the, the idea across, uh, it's the World Wide Web is <laughs> yeah is pretty great. It's just it's funny. You get the joke instantly. Um, it's really well. It's not really well produced. A lot but of people think Aaron Paul is in it. <laughs> Ryan is not Aaron Paul. Yeah, we've had that come up. <laughs> we, uh, we went through a lot of work to make that look as authentically 90s as possible. Uh, I mean, 90s jokes weren't kind of all the rage back in 2008 when we were making that. And when we finished our edit, we ran it to and from a VHS tape several times to degrade it. We, we, people can do that stuff in After Effects. We know how to do VHS filters in After Effects, but it doesn't quite... Have that it's same. funny. I've looked into it, and there's just so much going on with a tape that's An actual apart. tape. Yeah, yeah. Like the, there's actual like words for each different kind of degradation. Yeah, and it's very hard to get it all accurate. The and, only drawback of doing it the way we did, which is through analog capture from a VCR, yeah. is you can only do it at 480p. Which I think is. Where, did we shoot that in HD originally? Yeah, we shot that on uh, an HVX in oh. 720. I wish we uh, still had the original. Do we somewhere? It may be on a hard drive somewhere. Maybe, yeah. A clean version. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so uh, for me, um, my personal favorite uh, as of today, you know, in uh, July 2017, is I, I really like Friend or Foe. Uh, Friend mm-hmm. or Foe is an idea Ryan came up with five, six years ago. I always thought it was a rock solid joke. I like how to the point it is. 
I think we did some Literally. good, yeah, we did some good visual comedy work in it. I think it's shot well. I like that it's in 4K and it has good color and good sound. There's no fat to chew. It just gets to the point. It looks cool. It looks cool. And it was our first 4K collaboration, right? Yeah. And Excellent. We, we had kind of put off doing something like that because it takes a little more work, not just in post, but just in setting up gear that's external to the camera. Um, we got to do some cool dolly shots. We rented a costume for it. We spent a little more money on it uh, per minute than we usually do. And, um, you know, I just think that, you know, and I'm going to turn this part down, obviously. I, I just think that if you have to sort of explain to somebody what our style, our, our sense of humor is, you just sit them down with that video. And in one minute, they've gotten everything. They don't need to wait 10 minutes for the joke to kick in. It's oh, not yeah, referential. Yeah. Like, death is funny. Yeah. Death is funny. It always is. Um, so always that, kills. So, hey. Thank you. So that was, uh, I wanted to hold whip. Uh, next question comes from Ben on our Patreon page. Uh, ben asks... Is it philosophically possible to cheat on a romantic partner with a robot? Follow-up question. Is it better or worse if the robot were an exact copy of the romantic partner, Ryan? Uh, yes. Is it philosophically possible to cheat on a romantic partner with a robot? Yes. Depending on the level of self-actualization that this automaton, this cyborg... Well, it's a cyborg. It's part living anyway, so that's just off the bat. That's adultery. <laughs> well, if you're ma if you're married. Is it cheating if it's a cyborg? Yes. So it's some kind of android. It's some kind of creature that has some sense of self-awareness. Yeah. It passes the... I almost... I almost said Kinsey test. That's different. No. It passes the Turing test. I think I think a robot... A robot's a wire umbrella. Like, the question is robot, right? If it's like a present-day robot, like a factory robot that puts cars together... <laughs> a... Go on. I... More power to you, like yeah, yeah. I I don't think that ca that does not count as cheating. It's it doesn't have intelligence. It's just a very strange thing you did. Um, like those Japanese body pillows, like James Franco in the episode of Thirty Rock. It's an it's not a living thing. Are you are you guys aware of the men that have sex with their cars? Do you guys actually? I am do now. That? There are people just, that do that. On I am there. now. There are people that do that. Okay, and yeah. Are they Again, cheating? Again, that's a different conversation. It's but it's not a, a cheating. Car, it's, it's a car robot. It's a tool. It's no. a discussion someone should be having with their significant other, but but I think uh, in court it's not gonna be adultery. <laughs> yeah. No. But if if you found out your significant other was sleeping with a robot, would you consider yourself cheated upon? I guess that's the real. Guess, yeah, we have victim, to know. The, victim, the victim's the perspective you have to take. Yeah. Are we in a sci-fi story where there are intelligent robots? Yeah. Um, yeah. Tw year 2017. Would I know? Which contradicts my first answer. But I'm thinking the hypo Again, it depends on the level of self-awareness and sentience of the of the creature. Now, if it's one creature. of those little toy robots that like asks you trivia <laughs> like, questions, like two XL. Yeah, the two XL with the little tape. Yeah. One of the questions. Tickle me on. Yeah. Oh God. Is your wife gone? Like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I think we answered that question. Yeah. Um, Great okay. question, by the way. Okay. Our last question. Michael from Twitter, and I'm going to get your name wrong. Gianni. Apologies. Gianni. Uh, they yeah. both ask shades of the same thing. Gianni asks, any plans for further installments of the bold, ambitious saga that is New Kids on the Rock? And Michael on Twitter asked, is this the successor to New Kids on the Rock? Is New Kids on the Rock finished? Um, I think it's safe to say we're going to make more New Kids on the Rock videos. Yes. Uh, it's just after Computer Fighters, we weren't burnt out. I just think doing another one that wasn't a 20-minute, eight-month production epic, you know, would have felt less. They would have felt a little, like, anticlimactic to, like, okay, and the next New yeah. Kids is, like, a two-minute. And we're definitely not going to do another 20-minute New Kids. I, I don't foresee that ever happening unless we got a chunk of money um, for it. Um, but Tell I, your friends out there. I, I, I do think that if we came up with an, a joke 
that was sort of an umbrella joke that didn't quite that could be any cast of characters doing it. I see no reason why we wouldn't call it Kevin, Neil, and Ryan doing this stuff. Um, but I don't think we would make another New Kids episode that would require inside baseball knowledge of the universe or whatever you'd call it. Yeah, I think we like our videos to be kind of standalone. Accessible, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, there's no reason why we wouldn't want to make another like goofy fake sitcom episode starring ourselves as ourselves. And go further down the rabbit hole of making it like a sitcom. Like, yeah. I, I think that's, no, that's Gar- kind of the dream is always make new kids feel a little bit more like a TGIF episode every time. Yeah, what Guaranteed Video is is more just a logo umbrella for our works together which are sometimes new kids sometimes are not and we've needed exactly. that, we've needed that for a long time we, re- we really should have had a stamp at the end of yeah. our videos yeah. well we used to work at you know at, uh, rock media yeah hollywoodies tv.com and that was kind of uh, that was our logo at the end and that was our branding for a couple of years we'd actually talked about different yeah an umbrella term a blanket term uh at one point kevin and i talked about these stairs go up. Yeah, we thought uh, about reference that. Reference to Ghostbusters is sort yeah. of a, a catch-all for our collective work. There was the other one that what was it? Cinematic Rocketry. Yeah, Neil, I, Neil I made a logo for that years ago. 2006, maybe. <laughs> that might have been before I knew you guys. Actually, the Cinematic Rocketry. Yeah, Oops, but, bad right. movies. Like we, yeah. we, when we were brainstorming the name New Kids on the Rock back in the day, uh, we thought about calling ourselves the Auteurs. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, which is which. I don't know. I think that makes us sound like we're Stella or something if we went by the Auteurs. But yeah, I, I think it's safe to say we'll make more New Kids. It's some point um i don't think they'd be longer than three minutes um at least for the time being um and if we did them i just I, I i personally would like the next new kids video to feel more like a sitcom maybe even have a laugh track um we have scripts we've had ideas for episodes we never produced um kevin goes to jail uh <laughs> the one where we go to the center of ryan's body Oh yeah, Fantastic um, Voyage. Play, yeah, Fantastic Voyage. Mini submarine, yada yada. Yeah, um, slam dunk, Neil. <laughs> You'll notice every one of the plots we come up with involves one of us being taken out of the plot. <laughs> yeah, it makes actually, life easier. It's just hey, now we have a director. Oh, Kevin's in jail. Good thing he's behind the camera and can photograph Ryan and Neil. Like, oh man, we're in Ryan's body. Good thing he can shoot this one. Now. Y- you know when people have li- other people in the real in the real have asked our new kids, you know. Not before, even before we make guaranteed video, it's is this the end of New Kids in the Rock? And I've never, I've said no. Uh, I liken it to like the band, like Flight of the Concords or Gorillas. That we're not done, we're not broken up. We'll make another album. We'll make another video. We'll make yeah. our next project when we feel right. We'll, we're not done, done, but we'll let you know when something else is coming. I think at a certain point too, like I, I've, I always made the push to make them longer. I remember there was a distinct conversation that haunts me to this day. We were sitting down, it was 2007 and we're having lunch at like some fish place in Plymouth. And Ryan said, why don't we just start making new kids in the rock episodes, three minutes long and just call them new kids shorts. I remember that exact push. And I went yep, and I'm... I decried, no, people watch new kids. Cause they're like sitcom episodes. Internet content should be longer. I was 100% categorically wrong. Um, and I, I do think that going forward with new kids, I, I personally think people would rather watch four or five minute episodes or like 10, two minute episodes than one 20 minute. Mm-hmm. Now that we're going to make 10 episodes and then release them like that. Like, but, uh, I, I, I think if we got into a position where in one month we decided, Hey, we have these two really short new kids in the rock skits. Why don't we make two of these under three minute videos? That might be a thing we do. Or a New Kids episode might be complimented by a video that has nothing to do with Ryan, Neil, and I working together on camera. We might have like something that has stars somebody else we put out. 
This is a lengthy response to something that was basically a yes or no question. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's. I feel like with this being our first episode, we, we probably need to address it a little bit. A couple, more than one person asked, and yeah, it is. A, well, I, I'm glad we're detail oriented in our response. Yeah. Well, I guess that makes for the ending of the first episode of Guaranteed Audio. Uh, in case it got cut off earlier when we had a recording error, I just want to reiterate that if you have any questions for us on next month's podcast, keep an eye on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash guaranteed, a URL I cannot believe we got. Uh, we're going to put up a post every month asking for questions. We're going to pull questions exclusively from that Patreon uh, comment thread. Um, thank you, everyone who's backed us and put contributions into our yes thank you, know, you into our work we bought our podcasting gear with that money hey, hey. so thank you guys for that um do you guys ryan neil do you have everything you want to say to the lovely listeners at home thank you again and nope <laughs> <laughs> um no i don't have anything to say other than uh thanks for listening to the podcast and um uh <laughs> let us know what you like and don't like about it we will yeah. read it be, constru- will. be honest we, we we like constructive feedback we're and we, extremely self-conscious so just like push us in the right kind of self-conscious can, can i just say one thing about yeah. the comments we usually get on youtube and everything mm-hmm. we get really nice comments we do i 99 most yeah, of the comments we get are very constructive even if people don't like our stuff when we put out the lawn mowing man one comment said this is just too postmodern for me that's a great negative comment. That's a very, this is why I didn't like this movie. It wasn't sucks or like some, you know, pejorative. Like it was very like, this is why I didn't like this. And yeah. It so even like, ends with for me, you know? That's yeah, nice. yeah. Like, so if you guys have anything you don't like about the show, if you have anything you'd like to hear more about, um, I do think we're going to try and move the lens of it away from talking about the three of us a bit more. Uh, writing questions you've got, hypothetical scenarios, what would win in a fight, a bear or a car, things like that. <laughs> yeah, and we, of course, love to talk about media, movies, and TV shows. So yeah. we'll probably... We, we don't really have a theme to this podcast. <laughs> Yet. 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 But exactly. yeah, that's honest. Uh, depending on where you're listening to this, we're going to have it up uh, available for free on our Patreon page. We're going to have it up on YouTube and somewhere else. Thank you again for helping. Thank you for being patrons. Yep. Have a blessed night. Good night and good luck. <laughs> So I just wanted to, I noticed I got, I spelled Tapatico wrong. So I'm just going to redo that. If you can <laughs> patch that in there, Tapatico.com, T-O-P-A-T-A-C-O.com. Tapatico. Q-U-A-L-M. Gattaca. Oh, wait, no, I did get it right the first time. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Topatoco. Okay. <laughs> All right. That's it. And cut. Detroit.